Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Today is going to be very fun. We have a lot to talk about in a short amount of time. Today, we got a lot to comment on the NBA playoffs. Definitely talk a little bit of Stanley Cup playoffs. Then we're going to get into a little bit of crosstown baseball here in Chicago. We'll touch on that briefly, but it should be a lot of fun. There's, it's a great time in sports right now. Um, if you haven't already, you should subscribe to the Press on Sports podcast on iTunes. Just search Press on Sports on iTunes. Follow us on Podbean and continue to look for us where you can find podcasts. We're not everywhere, but we're we're getting out there. Uh, at this moment, I'm being joined by Evan Myers. Hey, 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 what's up, Jack? Evan, great to have you back once thanks. again. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely are the leader. I think we've had, what, eight pod. This is number eight, and this is, what, your fifth or sixth time coming on? Sounds about right. I'm just about a regular now, so <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love coming on here, though. Yeah, lots of fun, so great to have you here. You're big on basketball, so I know I wanted you on here at this time of year, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot over the next couple of months. Yes, for sure. So, Evan, I want to introduce a new segment, though, before we get into all the all the good stuff, all right? All right, all right. Stop me if this is this is dumb, okay? I'm going to pitch this to you. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, how about a segment? Let's call this maybe ballpark segment or ballpark features. Something. Uh, the name's not great, but whenever <laughs> we go to a game this year, and maybe it's a different sports venue, it could be, uh, I mean, maybe not NBA places, might uh, you know, different. A lot of arenas are pretty similar, but baseball in particular, it's the start of the baseball season. We just went to a game this weekend, and each park is just so unique. I think it'd be fun if we talked about our experiences at these parks briefly. I, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Evan, how many different venues have you been to? <laughs> Oh man, I'm about to be exposed here. Uh, <laughs> two, sadly. Just well, I'm talking if you're if we're gonna include baseball, football, oh, okay. uh, um, uh, basketball, hockey. It's gotta be close to ten, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, I've been to the Bradley Center and I've been to uh, whatever the Field House or whatever it's called in. Uh, Indiana. Yes. Yeah, Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Yeah. 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 So, and I felt like they were basically the same experience. So, <laughs> in some in some regards, obviously. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we we'll we'll talk about whenever we have a unique experience. Like I went to the Oracle one time in Oakland for the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was a pretty unique experience. The Oracle, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty loud in there. Yeah, so I thought it'd be fun if throughout this podcast, whenever we hit up a new one, or maybe just revisit an old one, especially with these baseball parks, it'd be fun to comment a little bit on the experience. It's a little like, traveler's guide. I like the idea. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, uh, we don't have enough between the two of us and even some of the other guys who come on the podcast, I don't think we have enough to make an entire podcast series out of this. <laughs> but, hey, we went to a game on Sunday. We did. We did. 
Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful Miller Park up in Milwaukee. So this is probably like the seventh or eighth time I've been there, I think. Okay. Yeah, I've, you've probably been there about the same amount as I have. Uh, I've been there, yeah. I, I've been there a lot, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's, my, that's the main park I've been to, definitely. Mine is Wrigley, and yeah. I've been to about, let's see, maybe 10, about nine different baseball parks. I've been to Soldier Field for football. Not not very unique experience there. <laughs> um, definitely some different college venues. If we're, were you, I guess yes. we weren't really including those when I asked you, Evan. Right. And then I've been to maybe four different NBA venues, and then I've only been to one hockey game in my life. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick, Jack, before we get into Miller Park. What's okay. your favorite favorite venue to watch a sporting event? Is it Wrigley? Uh, well, I'm biased there. I have to say Wrigley, <laughs> right? Right. I've been there. I've been to Wrigley probably somewhere between like 30 and 45 times. Wow. Yeah. And I try to go out some, I mean, I, I go to at least four, three, four or five games each summer. So, and a few years ago I went 10 times as my personal record in summer. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love Wrigley. It's just, yeah. it's such a classic venue um is so so much history there however if i'm talking outside of wrigley because wrigley is just in a it's in a different category really right there's right fenway and wrigley you can't really compare those to anything else i don't think right so i would say at&t park in san francisco interesting okay yeah so i i, nice. I mean that's that's a pretty popular pick won't go too far into that today, <laughs> but Evan, you had a fun time at Miller Park. This was our oh, first yeah. game of the season. First game of the season. I had a blast. I love that place up there. It's it's so cool. Um, the roof was closed, unfortunately, although it was warmer outside, um, but I don't know. I, I thought it was a great time, Jack. What about you? Yeah, I. so what, do you know what the guidelines are, why the roof had to be closed? Is it, I, I, it's got to be over 60 degrees or something 60 65 i don't know it's somewhere around there i think that it has to be over that for them to open it um yeah i'm not entirely sure yeah i was sweating outside walking up to the park <laughs> yeah you guys all had jeans and hoodies on <laughs> i wanted to come with my shorts <laughs> yeah it was Try a good it was a good move worked out yeah but evan let's so let's uh briefly just touch on um, for those who haven't been to Miller Park, let's talk about the food that we ate there. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about going to these ballparks is trying the unique food. Right. And um, it's it's some good stuff. So what did you eat, Evan? Well, I didn't have anything over the top. I did have a brat, though. Um, I almost always get a brat, put some sauerkraut and stadium sauce on there. Um, that's That's almost always my go-to. So that that's all I had. I was thinking about getting one of those AJ Bombers burgers. Yeah. Uh, saw you eating one of those, Jack. <laughs> so what did you all get, Jack? Yeah, so I, I so for those that don't know, there's a restaurant in Milwaukee. It's called AJ Bombers and they have really good burgers. I think probably the most uh noteworthy thing that they have is they have a burger with crunchy peanut butter on the burger. Mm. Yep. Mixed and then they also have their special sauce. And whenever you have special sauce, I'm in. I, I'm trying that <laughs> sauce. 
It's one of the things I love about In and Out. So I, I got an AJ Burger. It was not the one with peanut butter. They sadly they didn't. They did not offer that in the ballpark. However, I had a, a burger. Just you know, it was pretty pretty simple cheeseburger with the with the special sauce, and then I also had a brat because you got you got to have a brat when you're in Wisconsin. You have to. Yeah, it's an unwritten rule. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Culver's is a symbol of what Wisconsin is in terms of food with the although they don't have brats but you know the frozen custard the root beer the um cheese curds cheese curds yeah that's yeah, yeah. cheese butter curds burger being a big one butter burger <laughs> yeah so i i sadly have not been to cops which is a popular restaurant Oops. in Milwaukee have you been yeah. there i have yeah yeah good spot good, good yeah <laughs> Yeah, so sure. I I had a brat and I put some sauerkraut sauerkraut on there. I put some of the stadium sauce. Again, love it whenever there's a special sauce and then uh, a little bit of relish on there. It was, oh, it was delicious. Nice. And you were gonna try the uh, what were those called? The brat brachos or brachos? Yeah. Yeah. So they have some kind of it's like sour cream and nachos and. Uh, <laughs> uh fried cheese i think oh my goodness yeah on a stick <laughs> oh wow and i don't exactly i didn't see it but i i heard it's a big deal so next time i go to miller park i'm going to get it but they had run out like they had just shut down their stand when i got over there so for sure next time we gotta next get that time. the bracho and so evan we sat up in the 400 level in the infield we did it we was, had a good view yeah I liked it. Twenty dollars seats, the cheapest yeah. ones we could get. Yeah, I don't even know where our seats were supposed to be. <laughs> hey, but you know we got a bobblehead out of it. Yeah, free bobblehead. Eric Thames home run bobblehead. Have yep. you figured out how to assemble that bobblehead yet? I have it. Yes. Okay, you yes. figured it out. I figured it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I still need to set him up on my desk. Yeah. Uh, he's, lo- he's looking good on my desk up there in a home run stance. I just cranked one. Yeah, solid game too. Oh, it was. It was a great game. Um, I know the one The one thing I really liked about it, just real quickly, was uh, Jeremy Jeffers came in, I think it was in the sixth inning, just in a jam. Bases loaded, no outs. Was able to get three outs, and he was fired up coming out yeah. of the game he was fired like, up <laughs> yeah it was awesome to see that that emotion out of a guy like that he was he was jacked and getting the crowd into it so i think that was kind of the turning point of the game pretty good turnout too from the fans it was it was yeah yeah nice nice sunday afternoon game um yeah. it would have been nice if the roof were open but yeah yeah it's it's still nice definitely and also uh play at the we got play at the plate which was exciting yeah right right at the start there we did and we got to see it pretty pretty with a pretty good view from where we were at so and christian yelich hit a home run while we were getting snacks (laughs) yes yeah we were getting snacks watching that bucks celtics game on the tv out (laughs) on course (laughs) yeah Had had a decent crew watching that one so Real quick, Evan, and then we'll we'll that's a, that was a good transition point to get to the NBA playoffs. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll take another minute or so. What do you think is unique about Miller Park compared to other parks? About Miller Park, I honestly I like the cleanliness aspect, and it's it seems very family oriented and friendly. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, you, you always get obnoxious fans anywhere. Um, but when I've been there, it's it's a good place to go. Um, it's where my parents took me growing up. They felt comfortable taking all of us kids there from a young age, and um, it's clean. It's it's relatively affordable. Um, you've got some cool little, you know, you got the slide out there that Bernie likes to slide on. You've got the roof. So there's some cool elements to Miller Park that make it unique from different ones. Um, so that's what I like most about it. Yeah, I love the slide. It's great. Yeah. yeah. The, fir- the first time I remember seeing Miller Park was when they had the All-Star game there in the Home Run Derby yes. 2002. Yeah. Yeah, where they, it ended in a tie. Right. <laughs> and then I... The first time I went there was around 2007, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool spot. I like it a lot. So. Yeah, and it helps that it's not that expensive. Right. It's affordable, and one of our buddies was commenting on the center field wall being unique and how yes, it it's like a rectangle basically in yeah. the deepest part of the park. So. If someone's going to hit one off the wall there and it rolls and it hits that side, then it's going to take a weird bounce. And few center fielders know how to play that bounce. So you may get an inside the park home run. You may see a triple, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it when it hits that spot out there. It just bounces right off, shoots off across the other side. Yeah, and as you said, very fan-friendly. Uh, I don't. I didn't think the prices on food were outrageous. No, it wasn't bad. I know a lot of people like to save money when they go to a game, but I think if you set aside money, so I th- I think my burger was little just under eight dollars. The brat was just under six dollars. If you say, hey, here's fifteen dollars, I'm gonna spend that on food. I mean, <laughs> you bad. do yeah, and you go yeah. to a lot of places to eat where you spend that much money. I mean, I went out to lunch with someone, spent $20 last week. Right. And so well, to have and it, good food and a fun atmosphere. And they let you bring in unopened bottled water, which I think is pretty cool. And so. pop too, which yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. So I got to remember that next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of fun there at Miller Park. The other thing about it being fan-friendly that I would just quickly comment on the fact that they gave out bobbleheads to every single fan that came into the park. Yes. Every fan. That's unique. You don't see that often. I mean, you were you were just talking about the Cubs not doing that. Yeah. The Cubs uh the Cubs are a little cheaper. <laughs> even despite the amount of money they have. They know that the fans are going to come out no matter what. But I mean, it was a good turnout for this game. I think even if there wasn't a bobblehead, we still would have seen a pretty strong turnout from the fans. People are excited about Milwaukee baseball, despite the fact that they're playing a pretty bad AAA Marlin, AAA level <laughs> Marlins team. Yeah, still they got the sweep though. They looked good. They got some young players that I like. So uh, it's a it's a good time I think for Milwaukee. All right, Evan. Let's uh, let's go over to NBA playoff action. Man, it's been it's been crazy, hasn't it? It has. It's it, a lot of these series have gotten tight all of a sudden. Um, yeah, a lot of it's it's been a lot of fun this whole this last couple weeks now. There's been a great chippiness aspect to these series that <laughs> I haven't seen in the NBA playoffs in a really long time. Yeah, I, I wish the officials would let them play it out a little bit more. But yeah, and just about every game, I've seen some guys start going at each other. And we've, I mean, a lot of people have commented that this 
era of stars is a little softer. And, you know, you look at the banana boat guys going on vacation together, riding in a banana boat together. Yeah. But we've gotten to see, and I don't, I don't really know what this is a product of. Maybe you have a theory or two, Evan, but we're seeing a lot of these teams just like in the 90s or even when we grew up in the 2000s. These teams where they play each other five, six times in a row and they get really sick of each other. Yeah, I don't know what what you can uh, attribute to that, but um, it is interesting that you note that, and you know you've, you're starting to get more of these rivalries now. I think guys are starting to settle a little bit more. Um, I still think that this is a soft, and I don't want to go into all this, but I think it is, <laughs> okay. I think it is a softer era that we are in, not only in sports but um, in more things too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into all that, but you know, I, I I do like that there is some competitiveness, and um, you know, it's not quite bad boy Pistons or even you know early two thousands Pistons or um, any of those other chippier teams, the Knicks in the nineties with Starks and all of them. But yeah, um, no, I think it's definitely a good time for the sport. I like that there's a lot of new faces leading teams um we've got some younger guys that we've we may have seen in the playoffs before but now they're really taking a step forward um and we can get into that in a, in a second but um it is fun it's it seems like it's a growing time for the nba um it's not as predictable as it once was so it's it's definitely nice for that yeah it's been more competitive all around i do think as you mentioned, evan it could be a product of just the way the officials are calling it these days yeah it could, of, yeah, yeah, because they, they're they have are really trying to control the game, and I'd like to see them swallow their whistles a little more. At least, I mean, I you can assess fouls, but we get a little too. Uh, I I don't know how to say this. Um, no, but I know what you're saying, and one one thing I always I've been preaching for a while is the best official is the one you don't notice. So you know yeah. when they when they do swallow their whistle, um, or you know. They aren't. They aren't. They shouldn't be the ones trying to run the show. Just let the guys go out there play, and then you're just there to, to set up the guidelines around it. You don't need to be the star of the show. So, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm saying is, I think it's we gotta call fouls absolutely, um, mm-hmm. and we should call travels. We should call a lot of things that don't get called, but we don't want to. And this is what we don't want is we don't want to just be giving out these flagrants like they're candy. Like right, or these technical fouls. Let the guys go at it. Like that's good exactly. entertainment. Exactly, it's good entertainment, and it's it's just yeah. You're not. I don't know. I, all of sports is getting a little too much. There's too much control almost. You just got to kind of let it play out. Yeah, and it's actually quite funny, Evan, because we had these baseball brawls a f- yeah. couple of weeks ago, yeah. and the MLB Twitter handle was promoting these fights. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know what that says. It's it's a little hypocritical in some capacities. However, I mean, the league officials aren't running that Twitter handle, but that's stuff that they see they can promote their league around. Right. On social media. Exactly. I just think, you know, this is a little off topic, but, topic, but I always think NASCAR, you know, that they always show the crashes. They don't show necessarily the wins. So it's it's kind of yeah. it is a little hypocritical. You try to take something out of the sport, like a flagrant or something, but then you also 
promote that because people tune in to see that. They don't always know when they're going to see some guys get at each other. And, you know, is this Twitter rivalry real in real life, too? So, What I like is guys that go to war, and you see this best in hockey, where they get in fights and... You know, they get chippy with each other, but at the end they say good game and they have great yeah. sportsmanship. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Right. They get all their aggression out, the refs let them do that, and then, and then yeah, they, you know, they're able to say good game afterwards. Yeah. So let's, uh, today, to be clear, so today is Tuesday, April 24th. By the time people are listening to this, it will probably be the 25th on a Wednesday. So there are a few games that we aren't really going to be able to talk a whole lot about because they'll happen in the time that we're editing this podcast. So real quick, Evan, the games that we will not have a whole lot to talk about tonight. The Bucks and Celtics go into Game 5. I'm sure we'll, have, uh, we'll comment on that series. Heat and Sixers, and this is what? This is Game 5 as well, Philly game up 3-1. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's pretty safe to assume that the Warriors are going to close out the Spurs by the time people hear this podcast. Yeah, especially with it being in uh, in in Oakland again. Evan, do you know what happened in Game Four? Because I mean, we were at that game, and <laughs> I never saw any footage from that game. I did not watch much either. Um, yeah, because we were at the at the uh, Brewers game. I just know the the Spurs seemed to control it most of the time when I was checking the scores and stuff. Okay, a couple of conspiracy theories here. <laughs> you ready for these? Oh, let's hear them. All right, number one, is it is there any chance that Kerr was trying, you know, being a disciple of Popovich, playing for him, everything, playing on the Spurs, winning a championship with the Spurs, he loves Pop, they're good friends. Any chance he wanted to just be nice here and give him one? I don't think so. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but no, as, as no, a editor, no, you can't give up games like that. <laughs> okay, how about, here's another one. I saw this one floating around on Twitter, I and I don't know if this is even correct, but some people were saying, hey, if this series goes a little longer, then they can buy some time for Curry to come back in round two. Now I could see that. That that sounds more. I still don't know about that. I think you want to win yeah. any game that you play in. Um, but that makes more sense, I would think. Uh, I don't exactly know how they would have implemented that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. They should close it out tonight, though. I think it's yeah. done. Yeah. All right. And so we'll, that one. That one's done. Yeah. Um, Bucks and Celtics is a weird series. Man, that series is just. It's just gone right around, flipped right around. It's just, I don't even know what the Bucks are at this point. They're so <laughs> confusing. Giannis, man. Yeah. He's looking good. He's looking good. And you know who else is looking good is Chris Middleton. That guy is really playing yeah. well. Definitely. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I expected the Celtics to sweep them after game two. I still like the Celtics moving forward in this th- series, but hey, good for the Bucks. Protect home court. I'm curious to see how stretched out the series, if this if this series goes to seven, or if one of these two teams just takes over the series now. Bucks and six, you know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I know one no, we'll guy see. who used to say that, and he doesn't say that anymore. <laughs> 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it could go. I think it could go to seven. I think there's a shot for that. But I think Boston, Boston's probably the better team. They're smarter. Um, they don't have necessarily the best player on the floor though. Um, no. So that is that is a big time factor moving forward. But um, I don't know. It's a best of three series from here on out. So we'll see. And then the other one that we mentioned, Philly and Miami. I think there's a little more to talk about with this series. Um, just looking back on what we've seen so far, uh, obviously we, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on each of these because we have some other stuff we want to get to. However, um, I think I think Miami could stretch this out. However, I do think Philly is uh, has a good stranglehold on this series at this point. Yeah, I think... I think with the game being in Philly um, tonight, Tuesday, I think yeah. I think it's over. Um, I don't know. Down the stretch, the Heat, uh, Wade seemed to try to be doing too much at times. Yeah. Um, and I, re- you know, you know how high I am on the Sixers. I mean, I had them going East Finals, so I think this is a legit team that closes them out tonight. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Miami is they're they're full of some veteran guys that ha- know how to handle adversity, so. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Miami's disappointed me because we saw what they were capable of in Game 2. But since then, I mean, Wade had a great game. It seems like ever since then, like you said, he's tried to do too much. He's got to understand that he's a role player right now. He's not the same guy. Right. The The problem with that, though, is that no one else has really stepped up for them. And he's he's been the guy. I mean, he had 25 points the other night, shot 10 for 22, which is... You know, that's a lot of shots to take. Um, but, you know, he. I think he almost feels the need. This is my team. Um, you know, there's no other superstar on this team. I'm going to try to take over but and be a superstar. There is a superstar. Who's a superstar? The Dragon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I think you Dragic. Love Dragic. <laughs> Dragic should get the ball at the end of the game because – even if he's not taking the shot, they have shooters on that team, and he sets them up really well to take to get good looks. You love Goran Dragic just as much as I love Rob Gray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, I, I mean, hey, I think he's been a little bit underrated. People got to see a little bit of what he's been able to do. And if we want to talk chippiness, taking in that layup and seeing Philly upset about that, that added a nice oomph to the series. However, um, it seems to have ignited a fire in Philly, and they've uh, shut those boys down since. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I saw a couple of just really bad possessions at the end of it was it game four, game four from Wade. Yes. He missed a free throw. He tried. He tried to do too much, and yeah I, I I think like a team like that really needs to be playing with the lead in a series. I don't like their I don't like their chances with their backs to their wall. No, I'm with you. Um, you know, if they were to win tonight though, I yeah. do I do think they have a shot to win six and go to seven. I mean it's I, not, I think so too. It's easy to say right now, um, just you know, but I, I do think that that is a possibility. So uh, tonight is a big-time game, even though it seems like Philly's got control. Um, they they can't let up. they got to take care of business now. Otherwise, you know, the tables could flip on them real quickly. And all of a sudden, you know, you got a team full of young guys that are playing in a game seven. So we'll see. Yeah. 
All right, well, let's let's get out of that. Uh, greetings once again to everyone who's listening to us in the future, knows the outcome, and is laughing at us right now. <laughs> let's talk about, okay, I think there are two real big headlines. Actually, I mean, there are f- quite a few. What do you think is the biggest headline at this point, Evan? Coming out of the weekend. Uh, I don't know if I can pick one. All right, I'll give you one. Yeah, go for it. The Ascension of Anthony Davis. I think he's gotten a little lost in the shuffle because of the bigger names and bigger markets in some of these other series. Yes. It's funny you say that, yeah, because that's what I was kind of alluding to when I was saying... You know, we've got guys that we've maybe seen before or we haven't seen. Um, in this case, we have seen him, and all of a sudden, it's a new face stepping up and really taking over. I feel like, yeah, I, I think that he has a great chance to be the next face of the league. Obviously, there are a lot of guys that you could put in that conversation. Yeah. But yeah. I love what I've seen from him over the past three months playing the center position, which is a position he's never had any interest in wanting to play. And playing it at a very elite level. Yeah, he's he's doing really well. It almost makes you wonder if they're better off without Cousins. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get into all that yet, but he has been playing well. And um, I think some credit also needs to go to Rondo. I know yeah. uh, I, you're, you're, you like Rondo, oh, yeah. right? Yep. You like his I game. said yeah. these guys I mean, have a shot coming in. You did. You did. I didn't think they were going to sweep them, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many people thought that, but no, he he's playing well. And then Drew Holiday, oh, yeah, Drew has just been balling out. And I think I don't know if you mentioned it on a, a couple podcasts ago, but his move to to more of like a two guard position, yeah. instead of playing point, I think it's definitely helped him out. That's that's where he thrives. Yep, I'm with you, Ev. I'm with you. Yeah. Also, let's give some credit to Alvin Gentry, who earned that extension yes. big time. Even for just getting the sixth seed, I think he earned that extension. They said he agreed to it before the series even started. And, man, he did a great job with this team so far. Yeah. And, if you know, where was he coaching a couple of years ago? Golden State. Yeah. So <laughs> we could see that coming up here in the second round if Golden State takes care of business. We could see Gentry facing off against his old team. And I think that, I I don't know, I think that this team could give Golden State some trouble if they're banged up. If they're banged up, yes. Uh, I You know, I even if they aren't, even if they are banged up, I think Golden State takes care of it in five or six. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting team. It's really strange. I don't know who's going to match up against Durant. They don't really have a small forward. Um, each one, yeah. more, each one more has been playing there, which is kind of strange. Um, <laughs> Darius Miller has looked good off the bench, but uh, that, I mean, that, and it's I mean, you look around the league, who can guard Durant? Not many people. So, uh, yeah, well, it, I, don't, you know. I don't know how they're gonna. The Warriors are gonna guard Anthony Davis. Oh, that's a good point too, because they don't really have much. Uh, and I think I'm. I don't want. I got to be careful here. I think Draymond's defense may be just a tad bit overrated. I yeah. think he's a very good defender, but I don't think I just don't think he's a guy who could shut down Anthony Davis. No, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you would need a guy more like JaVale McGee to almost try to get in his head or something. Yeah. Uh, but good it's almost, luck, yeah, exactly. It's it's going to be almost one of those trade-offs. You know, Durant's going to get his, Davis is going to get his. Yeah. Um, and then it's just up to to the second and third options, so... 
Okay, I saw something I loved out of Rondo on Saturday. So did you see that uh, beef between him and Zach Collins? I did, yes. <laughs> yeah, so quick summary. I don't exactly know where it all started. I'm sure it all starts with talking, right? Yeah. So this is my favorite thing I've seen so far in terms of these beefs. Um, Rondo slapped a ball out of Zach Collins's hands. And then, or was it Rondo or did someone yes, else? And Rondo, Rondo came over. Yeah. Okay. So Rondo then said something to him and started coming in on him. And Zach Collins just pushed him. Right. He, that was yeah. basically what it was. Yeah. And so then yeah. they line up at the free throw line and Rondo says, I want to line up next to Zach <laughs> Collins on the rebounds just to stand next to him and keep this going. And then, uh, I'm pretty sure Terry Stotts just pulled Zach Collins out of the game and was like, we're not letting this happen. Like, yeah, <laughs> this needs to stop. <laughs> Who would you have your money on in a fight, though, Evan? Oh, I'd have to go with Rondo. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, you know, Zach Collins has every right to be upset. I mean, Rondo stripping a ball out of someone's hands like that. No, like, yeah, yeah, you're going to get upset. But, yeah, I, I would put my money on Rondo. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> that he was an, either guy was in the wrong. Right. I'm just saying that I think Rondo would win in a fight because he's crazy. He would go to any lengths to win that fight. He's yeah. a brawler. I loved also how quick the technicals were given. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say I love it. It's more sarcastic, but right. <laughs> the ref was right there ready to blow that thing. And it's like, I, I still don't understand it. Like you think that once they see you give them a technical, they're going to stop all of a sudden. Like, Oh no, I got a technical. Like <laughs> in the heat of a moment, <laughs> someone's not going to just stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was great. I love that. And then, hey, uh, another guy from the Bulls, Miritich, yes. playing pretty well. He is, yeah, he's playing really well. He had a thirty-point game. What was that game three? I think. Yeah, yeah. Man, Portland are they just a streaky team? Because it seems like they play well in bunches. They they get cold, they get hot. They came out of the, they finished the regular season pretty hot. So we thought, hey, we like this team coming in and giving a good run against Golden State. And maybe their eyes were like, I mean, maybe they weren't focused on the short term and they were looking ahead to that. I mean, they were very disappointing. Yeah, they're they're streaky. They haven't been able to find a forward that can play with their guards very well. Yeah. Um, and the other problem is they're stuck. I mean, they're they're always going to be a playoff team but never anything past that and that's a very scary position to get in I mean we saw the Atlanta Hawks there for a while um, the Memphis Grizzlies so you know you're, you're getting into the playoffs you're making it a round or two but then you're not getting any high draft picks um, and a place like Portland is not a very desirable free agent destination so it's kind of tough when you're when you're in that position yeah, it, it or so, or you could even say where Portland was maybe what nine years ago, yeah. ten years ago. Yep, with like Sergio Rodriguez, Rudy <laughs> Fernandez, Steve Blake. Yeah, um, Andre Miller may have been there. Yeah, um, Lamarcus Aldridge before he started to peak. Brandon Roy got yep. hurt. Yep, and they were just locked into that spot, and you don't want to be there. But I mean. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, disappointing. 
It was. Um, I and I don't. I don't think anyone had that series over and four. That was a real, oh my gosh, real no. quick run through by the Pelicans there. Yeah, I'm curious. I the thing that I'm most intrigued by if we're going to see the Warriors against a team like the Pelicans is I want to see Rondo and Draymond throw down. <laughs> I'm sure we would. I'm sure we'd see something like that. And even just the guard matchups, I think, would be really cool because Rondo's an old-school guard, and then, you know, the Warriors are the epitome of what the NBA is right now in 2018. Yeah. So I, th- I think there'd be a c- some cool stuff happening. Uh, you know, interesting defensive matchups. Obviously, I like Golden State, but I think we could have a lot of fun with that series. Yeah, and, you know, Thompson Holiday would be a really fun one to watch out for. Yeah. All right, let's go over to another one here in the West, Evan. Yeah. That deserves some time. How about Oklahoma City and Utah? <laughs> this is making my pick look really bad right now. I had remember I had OKC beating Houston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Honestly, as soon as Utah got that win in OKC, um, I was you know I I thought it could be three one. Utah's a really tough place to play at, um, and and they've. They've gotten into the heads of the Thunder, and when you when you get into someone's head and, and you get them thinking about you, you've, you've won. So um, Now, it's not over yet. It's 3-1 still, going back to OKC, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one, Jack? Evan, what did I say coming in? Do you remember? You had the Jazz in six, right? Yep, Jazz in six. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm just not sure about OKC as a unit together. They play a lot of hero ball. They're not really a group, and I love Utah as a group. Yeah, cohesiveness. U- Utah plays like a team. The Thunder, I, the Thunder's superstars. Their big three has not shown up in the fourth quarter in just about every game, which yeah. is very concerning. Um, I, I was really banking on the fact that these guys would show up with you know a different playoff mentality and and really start to take over. But Utah has gotten in their heads. Um, I don't know. Have you been following the whole? back and forth between Rubio and Westbrook. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. Any thoughts on yeah. that? Well, man, okay, so Westbrook, I don't exactly know where it all started. Again, I'm sure it starts with someone saying something to someone on the court that they don't like, <laughs> maybe talking about someone's mother or girlfriend or sister, right? That seems like a common <laughs> thing yeah. that we see. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know where it started. I don't exactly know how we got to what Westbrook said the other night, but he basically, I I don't even know. I don't even remember what it was that he said. Maybe you can refresh my memory in a second, Evan, but mm-hmm. I know what, what happened was Westbrook was like, basically, yeah, I'm going to come out and I'm going to kick your butt, and that did not happen. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it did to a certain extent, um, but they didn't win the game. <laughs> So, I mean, Rondo or uh, Rubio played very well. Still, he did. He yeah, he had thirteen, eight, and six. I think last night. Um, I think he had a little more actually. Was it okay? Yeah. Um, but do you know? Do you know what uh, Westbrook said or was, how this whole thing started up? It was basically that he said, "I'm I'm gonna shut that blank off next game." <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. And you know. I think honestly, a lot of it just stemmed from Rubio balling out in Game Three, and I yeah. think 
Rubio putting up a triple double against Mr. Triple Double. Um, I actually I don't want to call him that because that's that's Oscar Robertson's nickname. But you know, yeah. <laughs> Russell back to back years now averaging a triple double and then, um, you know, giving up a triple double to Rubio uh, the other night with twenty six, eleven, and ten. I think it was. Um, I think that was definitely upsetting to him that he, you know, this this Spaniard comes in and. It's balling out on him. The crowd's going nuts, um, and I think that definitely had something to do with it. Yeah, Evan, you were correct. It was a thirteen, six and eight. Okay, six okay. rebounds, eight assists. Yeah, and that's that's a very good game. It's a solid game. Yeah, he didn't shoot as well as he did uh, the night before or a couple the game before. Um, I don't think he did, but yeah, no, and. You know, you're getting back to the as like going back to the aspect of Utah playing as a as a team and a cohesive unit. I mean, it's it's cool to see different guys stepping up. You know, Mitchell's been pretty consistent the whole series, and um, yeah. you know, I I don't know if you saw he's the he's the fifth highest rookie now to uh, in total points through his first four playoff games. Just trailing. okay. Those stats though are just so. I mean, it's it's still impressive. I mean, it's that's a, impressive, that's a but I feel like we have so many different stats like that. They're just hard to keep them all straight. It is, but I mean, I think that's still you know he's averaging yeah what twenty something a game in the playoffs now um, through his he's first beast. four. He was he's my not, rookie of the year pick. Yeah, and he's not play, He doesn't look like a rookie out there. He looks like he's controlling the tempo and uh, Joe Ingles. I mean, oh that, yeah, that guy has got you know he he does not care what anyone else thinks. He's gonna <laughs> fire his threes. Um, well, Evan, the thing I think, go, um, going off that thought, yeah. what I like about Utah is they can have a game where Rubio shoots four of twelve, and he's gonna he's gonna help you out in a lot of other ways. I mean, his passing right. is so nice, so flashy. Looks like what we were you know what the hype was on him coming out of the draft as being an amazing passer. Yeah, but. The fact that, okay, maybe he shoots 4 for 12. Maybe he doesn't have a great offensive game um, scoring-wise. But Joe Ingles can fill in there and give you 20 points. Right. Guys can step up when you need them to. Right. And I, I don't know. I honestly think, all right, get ready for this, Evan. I think that Utah-Houston could be a pretty good series, too. I am with you, Jack. <laughs> I am with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I mean, OKC is disappointing. Um, another team that's disappointing. There's a lot left in this series. I think OKC is going to protect home court game five. Um, Carmelo still has never, he hasn't been able to embrace the being the third option role. No. And he's been forcing too many shots. Yeah. Not doing, not giving you anything on defense. No. Yeah. Frustrating. It is. It is. Um, I agree. I think OKC wins five, game five, and then game six will be pretty big back home in uh, Utah. Yeah. But, man, what a fun atmosphere last night. Great yeah. fans. Did you see Mitt Romney? I did. <laughs> he was getting into it, too. <laughs> yeah, he was reminding Westbrook that that was his fourth foul. <laughs> in Westbrook's defense, that third foul call I thought was a little ridiculous. Yeah. It looked like a clean block. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and it's not the first time we've seen a guy get up early on the foul counts. Um, we saw Oladipo a couple a couple games ago too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it's fun though. I like the Utah. I like how they had the different 
court set up the other night with the red and yellow look and then went all white last night. Yeah, the white was nice. Yeah, definitely. I I don't know. I'm curious where you are with these Utah jerseys. It's there's not a lot of consistency there. It's I, cool like you mentioned, <laughs> but I like the purple back in the Malone oh, days. Yeah. I like the purple too. I don't understand the red and yellow. It looks really cool. Um, yeah. But it did look. It looks like the Suns though. It doesn't look like the Jazz. Yeah, and you've got I mean they're using every color with the red and yellow. Like <laughs> their normal jerseys are blue and green and yellow. Yeah. And you had red in there and orange and you've got everything. So I don't know. I guess they're just trying to sell jerseys. I haven't been a big fan of the green with them. No, I, I like the purple too, like you were saying with the mountains. Yeah, the mountains. Those yeah. are some of my favorite jerseys. I love purple as a color, so Yeah. All right. Um, do you know anything about what's going on? I saw a report that they're reviewing to see if Westbrook should be suspended for Game Five. Yeah, I I don't know a ton about that um, or the incident for it. Obviously, that would be a huge blow for the Thunder. Um, I don't know. I I need to look more into that. I guess that's kind of just a wait and see uh, yeah. approach with him. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, he the, should. Be. The league's gonna want Westbrook playing in that Game Five oh, at home. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think he should be fine. But Crowder's elbow to the uh, Stephen Adams' face, now that could warrant a suspension. Yeah. yeah, That, that was a dirty play. It was, yeah. There was another chippy one. I think it was Paul George and someone was involved. Um, well, him and Ingles were just shouting at each other. Okay, maybe that's, game. yeah. I'm thinking oh, of he, Crowder. He pushed, well, uh, Paul George pushed someone early on i think it was Ingles okay. right before an inbounds pass i mean i think if you're pushing hey whatever you know that'll happen but if you if these guys are throwing punches or haymakers elbows whatever that's where i think you do need to step in and you can't have that right and crowder did get thrown out last night um yeah but yeah it could i mean we'll see it could it could warrant a suspension i suppose yeah, I mean, I feel like the NBA is the way that they've been operating. They want to limit this stuff, and Crowder is a guy that, if he's out, isn't going to swing a series if he misses a game. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a statement here. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's go to the next big one, and that's uh, obviously, you know, whenever a series is centered around LeBron, LeBron's down in a series. Um <laughs> I mean, he's such a huge star. Indiana been, has been looking very nice. That's been a great series so far, hasn't it? And yeah, it's been uh, pretty good. It's been exciting both ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've been looking like particularly great, um, but yeah, right. I, I, I think it's been a good one so far. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It has. You know what I said about this one coming in, too. Yeah, you said, what'd you say? They'd win game one and then might, <laughs> might push them a little farther? Yeah, I said I thought I thought Indiana was going to, could be problematic for the Cleveland. I know you guys thought, hey, it's it's not a real great matchup for them. I, I think it actually isn't a bad one. Yeah, and the more I watch this one now, I think that this could be Cleveland's most physical test. Yeah. Um, you know, if they were to get out of this one, I don't think a team like Toronto or Philly is going to be able to like rough them up as much as Indiana is able to right now. Um, yeah, you, you got Lance and you got um, Bogdanovich who just doesn't he plays without <laughs> Karen. You know, he's yeah. he's been balling out. Um, 
you know, I don't know if you'll see that kind of intensity out of another team. They're definitely um, Indiana's playing with nothing to lose right now. Yep, exactly. I like them, and Reggie Miller made this point. I liked what he said. He and I mean, he's an Indiana guy, but there's a lot of merit to what he said, and that's a lot of these teams we've seen. There are a lot of players at this point who grew up watching LeBron. Yeah. And they're in awe of playing against him. And it's odd. They're not like, um, you know, we saw the Raptors the last couple of years making comments like, oh, how are we supposed to compete with LeBron in the middle of the series? Right. <laughs> the Pacers just don't care. They're like, we're tired of LeBron. We're tired of losing to his teams. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I can't remember who made the point. I think I was with uh, um, one of my friends, Jordan Thomas. You know Jordan, JT. Yep. Uh, I think he was. I think he was the one that made it. But some of these foreign guys, I don't know if they necessarily watch the NBA. They come over here and they just True. they don't care. Bogdanovich is scoring points. Joe Ingles, we mentioned. I mean, he doesn't care who Paul George is. You know, yeah. um, Bogdanovich doesn't care who LeBron is. So, you know, I think there's. I don't know if it's necessarily a point that you can necessarily focus everything on, but it's definitely um, something that I think should be mentioned. Yeah, I think so. I think those guys love soccer. Yeah, <laughs> I always see Dragic tweeting about soccer. Yeah, Dragic is another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's something to that, definitely. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know where you think this series is going to go, Jack. It's tied two-two right now. Game five is uh, Thursday. All right. Well, let's comment on game four. Sorry, briefly. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk yeah. about game four. Yeah. So people are right now listening to this podcast as they're driving home from work, getting ready for game five um but game four i think what we saw was i i think it was really funny i've seen so many people saying man indiana needed that one i i don't know i mean yes it would have been great to be up 3-1 and be able to close things out at home but i don't know evan i mean they they went cold in the fourth quarter oladipo did not play well and Cleveland still only won by five. Yeah, yeah, uh, four, I think it was. Um, okay. But, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, Cleveland did not play one of their – I mean, they, they probably played one of their better games, and they only won yeah. by four, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. LeBron was not shooting well in the second half, I believe, um, but still he finished with 32 and 13, so – um, I don't know. There's, LeBron. you know, I think there is something like what you're saying. Uh, I think Cleveland's still gonna, still gonna win it, um, win the series. That is, but yeah, Indiana's definitely got something to build off of. I just think that we we talk so much when we did March Madness, and we see these teams that are underdogs and how they have to play a perfect game in order to beat a team that has a player like LeBron and that Indiana was far from perfect in game four and Oladipo, I'm pretty sure did not play particularly well in game three either. They still snuck that win away. Yeah. Snuck away with that win. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, I, I was shocked that that game was as close as it was for how poorly Indiana was in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm interested to see, too, what Nate McMillan, and he's done a fantastic job, by the oh, way, yeah. but I'm oh, interested yeah. to see, you know, because game one, Indiana came out, and they had this game plan where, you know, we're going to get Oladipo switched onto a big, and then 
see how the big plays him. You know, he drops yeah. back, hit a three. If he comes up on you, you got the speed to go past him. Cleveland was able to match that in game two. Um, you know, game three, it was very tight, but you had Bogdanovich going off, and now four um, was a loss. So I'm interested to see what adjustments Nate McMillan's able to make if they're able to kind of keep going back and forth with this one, um, or if Cleveland is able to to actually put them away now. Yep. Good point there. I also want to give credit to the officials. I think they've done a great job calling this series, and this is a tough series to call. Yeah. Based yeah. on the personalities, the players. <laughs> it's always tough when you got LeBron, too, I feel like. Yeah, they've done a good job. Yeah. Yeah, no, so. they've done a great job, and uh, got to love the Lance Stevenson-LeBron rivalry yeah. still going on, so... I loved, man, I loved that play where Lance fought for the ball yes. and then he just held it up in the air like, I got it. <laughs> he was like a little kid showing off his trophy. It was. <laughs> and let me make a point, too. He did it uh, later in the game, too. I don't know if you saw that one with the Jeff Green tie-up. Oh, well, yeah, of course I yeah, saw that. Of course I saw that one, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought that was interesting because at the time, you know, game seemed to be over. Um but I made a comment to some friends that, you know, I think Lance knew maybe it was, you know, there's the chance of winning this one is kind of slim. But what he did by doing that was he he slowed down the game, he slowed down, you know, Cleveland's little celebration and kind of said, you know, OK, it's tied up. You know, you might you might have the advantage now, but we're we're still here and we're going to slow this down and play at our pace and play how we want to do things. So I thought that was I thought that was a mini, you know, a big moment in a smaller way. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm curious to see where it goes from here. Um, we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on what happens in this series. It's probably been the most, in terms of the series that we have left, this is probably the most intriguing, right? Yeah, I think so. Most exciting? Yeah, this one, I, I'm still excited about OKC Utah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one is definitely exciting. Yeah, so it's been great. I'm thankful for Lance. I think that's yes. a good point that you made. But having Lance out there in the playoffs, is, it's just fun. Yeah, he gets so much better when he plays for the Pacers. I don't know what it I, is. I mean, I don't even care how well he plays. I just mean for the personality of having yeah. him, it's it's fun. It's I'm thankful it for characters like him. It is, yes. And old school guys, too. Yep. So, yeah, I, but to answer your question, Evan, I think this one's going all the way to seven. Okay. I think that there's a lot left. I I don't really want to make a pick. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to be obsessive over these picks, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to enjoy this one down to the wire. I hope that there are no calls that swing the series, which is something that I was nervous about. Right. But I think they're, again, I think the refs have done a wonderful job of the series. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. But, as I mentioned, even if Cleveland gets out of this, which I would probably say I would lean towards, yeah, I like Cleveland's chances to get out of this at home in Game 7, LeBron, all that. I mean, the fact that they, again, going back to that, where Indiana did not play well in the fourth quarter, it made me very nervous about Cleveland's chances moving forward, even if they get out of the series. Yeah, there's definitely some some uh, worry, I think, with them and who's going to be able to step up for them, what what kind of team this is. Um, it's definitely not it's not a similar... It's not the LeBron team that we're used to seeing in recent years. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. 
Yeah, there's no Kyrie. No Kyrie. It's big. No Wade. No one else no to Wade. really help him out. So uh, there's still guys to help him out, but I mean, it's it's you don't have that other superstar with you, right? So yeah, I mean, he does have Kevin Love. Yeah, he does have Kevin Love. Um, you know, there's other guys that can step up too, but yeah, we'll I see. Just, it should be. Fun. I think there's. I think there's a lot of talent on that team, but it, it does hurt them that they've only played 20 games together. Yeah. I do think there is a possibility that getting out of the series could really bring them together, though. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you face some adversity, I think, could help. Um, and this is one that they're going to have to fight for, and I don't know if they're going to have to fight you know, as, as physically and mentally um, as, they, as they have in this one when they move on. I don't know if a team like Toronto is able to you know, there's other ways Toronto can can get at them, but I don't know if it's the same way that Indiana is able to right now. And the last one, Evan, I'm pretty sure this is the last series left that we haven't mentioned, right? Is there's only one uh, more? We had two two more, two more. Okay, yeah. well, is there any uh, concern that you have now with Toronto? It seems like they're dancing around now. It's two <laughs> two and. I mean, they look so strong those first couple games. I mean, I'm still concerned about some team chemistry stuff with Washington. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a cause for concern there, even though they've won a couple of these games. However, I'm looking, again, big picture stuff. It, Toronto is just looking like same old Toronto after this, and I don't know. I, I mean, all these teams are very flawed, I guess. Yeah, there's that's what makes it so much fun this year is that there's not really a true team that you can look at and say, you know, other than the Warriors maybe, that you can look at and say, that's the team that's, you know, every team has got their problems. And Toronto, I just, I I don't know what's going on with them. They just seem to disappear in the playoffs. And they're, I think they'll still get out of this series. It might take them six or, it's, you know, it's going to take them six or seven now. Um, But yeah, Washington is putting it to them a little bit. Yeah. What's the other series that we forgot? Uh, Houston and Minnesota. That one. Oh, is, okay. Yeah. Uh, Not a whole lot over. to talk about there. Yeah. However, man, it is so great to just see Derrick Rose playing well. Oh, he played. I'm so, so happy well. about that. Yeah. He played so well the other night. Uh, I think yeah. he finished with 17. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Um. I think so. Yeah, and this is. I mean, it's a good time. This is. I don't know if we're going to see, I don't want to make this comparison quite yet, but remember how Davis was playing, Anthony Davis was playing against Golden State a couple years back? Yeah. And he played well in that series, um, but he didn't necessarily take over. I think Carl Anthony Towns is kind of going through a similar stretch where... Yeah, growing pains. Yes, he's, you know, this is his first playoff series. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's supposed to be the leader of this team, but um, he started out slow. He's, He's starting to pick it up a little bit more now. But um, I think it's definitely good when these younger guys can get in and start getting some early playoff experience. It sets them up better for their future. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it, Evan. It's a young team. This is their first time in the playoffs. So just to win a game or two, good moral victories there. For sure, yeah. And, I mean, there are a lot of people freaking out. I mean, hey, look at where the Timberwolves were without Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And they only had a couple of games with him before the playoffs. So I think I, I like their chances moving forward. I, I would think Wiggins and Towns are going to take another step next year 
coming out of the playoffs. Yeah. So. Well, and just think, you know, they were a game or two away from moving up a couple seeds, and who knows, we yeah. could have been talking about them leading a series. So, uh, yeah. you know, but it is. I think it is definitely good to play against a team like Houston um, just for learning purposes. And, um, yeah, I think this team will definitely be back next year and in future years. Me too, Evan. I want to make one last comment on Derrick Rose, and then let's switch gears and go over to another sport. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. Okay. I was thinking about uh, Derrick Rose. Obviously, love the fact that Tibbs is with him. That's just great. Yeah. Great to see there. But here, tell me what you think of this comparison. Okay. So recently, Matt Harvey... Is there was a report he's moving to the bullpen. We've seen this happen a lot with pitchers who have achieved a great deal of success as starting pitchers. Have moved over to the bullpen, though, based on health and the way they've pitched and have reinvented themselves as very great, some even great relievers. Look at Andrew Miller. He was a guy that was a... I mean, he was a starter, and I mean, he was all right. But then he moved to the bullpen, and look at look at Andrew Miller now. Yeah. So, I was thinking about Derrick Rose as a bench player, as a role player in this situation where there's less asked of him. It's basically, hey, you're not going to have to throw a fastball for seven innings. You just got to throw it for two innings here. Yeah. Get us some outs. What do you think about that comparison? I like I like that. Yeah, that's a good analogy, a good comparison there. Um, yeah, and I think it's showing this playoff series. You know, he I think he came out and made the comment that he still plays a game where he likes to attack um, and then you know either kick out to an open shooter or, or finish. And there's not a ton of players that like to do that. A lot of guys like to swing it around the perimeter now, but Rose still likes to draw that defense in. And yeah, he does it in spurts, like you were saying. So. Um, as long as he's okay with that role, I think he could be like one of those guys you were saying goes from a starter to more of a, a reliever type position. It seems like it's a good situation for him. I think he's embracing it. He's not a guy that I don't think he's ever been a huge ego driven guy. I think he just wants right. to win games and wants to help the team however he can. Yep. And I think he's happy being with Tibbs, being with Jimmy, being with Taj, being with his old friends. He's been uncomfortable yeah. a lot of times in his career, and this has been a situation that he's been able to relax in and just have fun. And he still wants to play. You can still yeah. see it. You know, he's he's out there. He wants. I mean, he's only 29 years old, so um, you know, realistically, he could play for another five, six years, possibly. Um, so yeah, I, I like. I like where he's at with Minnesota. I think it's a good fit, like you were saying. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so happy to see him succeeding. Definitely one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah, so I'd say it's like instead of throwing the fastball for 35, 40 minutes, he just has to do it 15, 20. Just give me that, and you're good, <laughs> man. And he's looked great exactly. in that. He has. So... All right, uh, do you have anything else you want to throw in there on these playoffs, or do you want to talk a little bit of hockey? Just one point real quick. I was just looking at the uh, some of the notes from the game. Houston had a 50-point quarter mm. last night, which is pretty yes. crazy. <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> just wanted to throw that in there, yeah. Um, they outscored, yeah, 50-20 to 20 in the third quarter over Minnesota. So never a good sign when you're on the opposite end of that yeah that was funny evan because i was watching the second quarter and then i'm like all right let's go over for some hockey at halftime 
So I watched the end of the Bruins game, and I watched the end of the Caps game, and then I'm like, okay, now I'll flip back for the fourth quarter of Timberwolves. I'm like, yeah, I timed this really well. And then I uh, just see the score, and I'm like, how the heck did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were up. Yeah, they were up a ton, weren't they? Yeah, it was. It was a lot. It was about yeah, they they were up thirty by the time, and yeah. Towns was on the bench, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's nuts. Yeah, that team. That team's looking good. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about with them. I don't really have any thoughts on them at this time. However, I think they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely get back to them. Yeah. So, Evan, um, how many minutes? <laughs> I'm not even going to ask how many hours. How many minutes of playoff hockey have you seen <laughs> so far? Oh man, maybe a couple periods. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I uh, probably close to an hour, I'd say. Okay, that's yeah. something. Yeah. I've been watching. It was only one. It was only one game. But yeah. <laughs> Who are you watching? The, the Golden Knights. I had to watch oh, them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. It's been a pretty fun first round. There haven't been... There's only one Game 7 that we're seeing, and that's going to be Boston-Toronto. That'll be played okay. this Wednesday night. Tonight, Tuesday, there's there are no games. Everyone else is done. Wow. Yeah. It's been, it's been, a, it's been eventful. The big one that we're going to be looking at in the second round is we're going to see Ovechkin and Crosby facing off again yeah third year in a row in the playoffs fourth time i think that they've played each other in the playoffs in their careers i will be tuning in to watch that series yeah you have to <laughs> yes yeah the two biggest stars i mean man that, that'll be fun even though the fact that i mean we know the caps have the talent to go toe-to-toe with the penguins they just they haven't showed up right maybe this is the year i like what i saw out of them though winning the last four games after being down 2-0. They have a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence riding into the series. Is that against Columbus? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Panarin Panarin scored that uh, game-winning goal in game one, and Blackhawks fans were just – I mean, first of all, probably half the Blackhawks fans didn't even know about that. I'll just get that (laughs) out of the way. And then the other half that are also hockey – fans of hockey – outside of just the Blackhawks, they were, oh, man, they were upset. They're like, man, we let that guy get away. Yeah. It's funny, too, some of the Blackhawks fans that are, you know, happy that, first of all, the Blues missed out on the playoffs. Yeah. And now that in Minnesota nearly got swept. So, you know, two of the bigger rivals are out. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what Blackhawks fans are leaning on. I, I suppose. I mean, it <laughs> seems like a lot of them I've talked to are just like, man, yeah, it's weird. I'm not wa- – I don't have Blackhawks games to watch now, so yeah. I guess I'll just be watching the NBA. Right. I'm like, you can't call – you can't tell me Chicago's a hockey town if, <laughs> you know, Buffalo's a hockey town. Right. I mean, Blackhawks – I mean, people love the Blackhawks. I'm not knocking on that. It's just – it's not the most popular sport in the city. Nope. Not at all. So, what were you, you going to say about – I feel – I think you were going to say something about uh, Blue Jackets, Caps, maybe. No, I didn't have anything much to say about that. Um, I like I said, I did not watch a ton of hockey. I just thought it was impressive what the Golden Knights were able to do. Oh yeah, um, and we, you Sweep. can get to that if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> man, they swept the Kings. I thought that the Kings. I mean, it was a younger team against a season a, te- a group of um, as Sam Quiet described them, wily veterans. 
Yes. <laughs> and, you know, everyone knows about that team and uh, Dowdy and what's what's that other guy's name? I'm blanking on his name right now. Who's been there? Um, the Kings. Yeah. Um, oh, Kopitar, the center. That's it. Yes, yeah. Kopitar. Yep. The, yep. And then, yeah, they have a lot of guys who have been there since they won those cups. Alec Martinez, a defenseman. Yeah. He's a nice player. I mean, they they have a they're a little older, but I mean, we know what they're capable of doing in the playoffs. So that was a good test coming out of the gate, and they got swept. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge, and then this is such I, such a cool story. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the biggest ones in sports history, wouldn't you think? Yeah. An expansion team in their first year, you know, getting a one seed, sweeping a a vet a veteran team like the Canes, who have been there before. Um, I hope they keep it going. I think it's such a cool story. Me too. I think it's fun to have them. I think we'll see them in Nashville. Oh, in the West awesome. Finals, I think yeah. it would be really cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we got some exciting second-round matchups. We got a Game 7 in Boston. I had Boston in 7. I also had Boston winning the Stanley Cup this year. Wow. So, I, I mean, I still am in on them. However, I am sweating a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It has, yeah, and I, I need to start watching more. Just the little bit I saw, I've seen a lot of goals scored too. Just some of the scores. Yeah, I don't know what's going on this year, but it seems like a lot of a lot of goals. Usually, playoff hockey seems to be two to one or three to two, something close like yeah. that. But not a lot of know, overtime yet either. No, not a lot of overtime. But like your Penguins have been putting up a lot of goals. <laughs> My Penguins, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I show some support to the Penguins as a Steelers fan. I am a Blackhawks fan, however. But, right. yeah, those two teams, the uh, Flyers and the Penguins, they put it in the net a lot. So there's a lot of exciting action there with the goal scoring in that series. The other big surprise was the Sharks sweeping the Ducks in the yes. first round. yes. I didn't see any of those games. They start really late at night. but Yeah, those games are late. Yeah, I thought that was going to be... I mean, those are two teams that have played each other a lot in the past. And I thought that would be one that would go to six or seven. But that was over pretty quick. Yeah, I don't think Anaheim scored a ton in that series either. Um, goal-wise, no. it just seemed like they were kind of... Yeah, just kind of stuck. So yeah. um, They got pummeled. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see the two teams that were able to pummel their opponents in the first round square off now. So, Lastly, I'll give a mention to our buddy Sam, who uh, did the NHL preview podcast. He had no expectations for the Colorado Avalanche, and they won two games against the Predators. Way to go. So I think he's, I like- he should be pretty happy just to win a couple of those games against that team because that's a very, very good team. For sure. It's got to look good for the future, too, I would think, for Colorado moving forward. Yep, absolutely. So that's it for our hockey update for right now. I'm, I don't think you have anything else to add, Evan, do you? I don't. I don't. <laughs> we, need, we need Sam Quiet back. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring yeah. him back soon. It sh- should be fun. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's great. So He's, he's great. All right, lastly, Evan, and we're going to run through this also pretty quick. Let's talk a little bit cross-town baseball in chicago okay now this is something i know a little bit more about (laughs) (laughs) all right so white Sox out here making moves they are 
picked up Trace Thompson for cash considerations from the Oakland A's. He's Evan, back, I, baby. Yeah, you like this, don't you? I love it. I love Trace. I was so upset when they got rid of him a couple years ago because um, he had he had a fantastic season with the Sox. Yeah. Um, but he's back now, and um, he's, you're going to be seeing a lot of him. I a hope lot so. Of, yeah. I don't know if you heard, uh, Avi Garcia just got placed on the DL today, so Trace is probably going to be starting this afternoon. Right field. Um, yes. So we're, we're going to see. He's going to at least get at least get a, a couple weeks of action, I think, here, and he could hold on to a spot out there. We'll see. That could also open a door for Charlie Tilson to eventually get called hey. up. <laughs> I'd love to see Tilson up on the big league big league squad again. Where would you? project him to play because Trace is going to take up another spot in the outfield but I think I mean I think the White Sox like Tilson a lot still despite the injuries that he's had I think they still want to get him up there and get him some at bats right yeah I think he'll when he comes up he'll play center I think he'll play center um Trace can move around Trace might end up in, in left I don't know what you do with Delmonico then he's been yeah. playing well um, he could DH on some days I suppose yeah I almost, I almost want to see Delmonico try out the, in the infield somewhere. Ooh, um, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if that'd be a spot for him or not, but yeah, I don't know. They they've got you know, I think three or four, maybe five guys moving forward that they can really move around out there in the outfield and and play in different spots, try to figure out who's the best lineup to go with. But um, not quite. Not quite as crazy as the Cubs and what you've got going on up there. <laughs> you want well, to talk we'll, about that? Yeah, let's get to it in a second. I think, okay. Evan, though, I think your best outfield when you get Tilson up here is when you have Delmonico, Tilson, and um, Trace all playing together. Yeah, I just I don't know what you do with Avi then. He's been he's been true. Playing. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm thinking with him injured. Yes, with him injured. Yeah, and that's that's a three. Um, and maybe you trade him. You could. You could. You could. Um, he had a great year last year. They could have traded him then. Um, I thought they should have. Out. Yeah, and it was interesting too that um, you know with Avi going out, they they called up uh, Daniel Palco, who's been playing really well for Charlotte, instead of Tilson. Um, yeah. I mean, Tilson's not been playing well. He's been in the leadoff spot, batting right around two hundred. Um, but still, I mean, I, I think I would have tried to give him a shot, maybe. Well, I think they want to build him up slowly. I think because they do too. Yeah, he's had so many injuries. They weren't just going to bring him onto the big league roster to start the year. It makes sense. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is a lot of fans probably wanted to see Eloy um, Jimenez up, and it's not time for him yet. Yeah, he's still, you get, he just started playing um, just last week with Birmingham, and he's he's off to a slower start, but um, he'll get his shot at some point. He'll be the guy. Yeah, Evan, I think you want to get these young outfielders um, in there as much as possible to see what which guys you can build a team around. Yeah. Um, and Avi is still, I mean, he's on the younger side still. Right. But I look at, I mean, look at the Cubs and how their core, how many of those guys are now 24, 25, 26 years old. Right. I want to raise up guys that are around the same age. Right. Especially, you know, I'm always thinking basketball. You gotta get them in there when they're 20, 21, 22. Baseball is definitely a different sport where you can definitely um, get a guy built up to the point where you know when he is 26, 27. That's kind of the 
starting you know the early prime years for a guy's career in baseball. Um, so there's there's plenty of time for some of these guys. Um, it you know I am excited though for the day that Tilson comes back up. Yeah, hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, so but I th- I think you definitely want to get those guys um, as many at bats as you can, and I think. Avi was a guy that you really could have traded last year and gotten a really nice package back because he was having a career year. Yeah. Yeah, he was having a big-time year last year. Um, I think he could still put together a similar year, but, you know, it it will be interesting to see what they do moving forward with that outfield. Yeah, so, um, but, Evan, I know you had higher hopes for the team in terms of record (laughs) this year, right? Yes, yeah. It's not looking good. Five and fourteen right now, as we as we speak on Tuesday. Um, but I, they did they did go off. Uh, yeah, Monday put up night. runs yesterday. Yeah, I think Evan. I I think it's okay. Um, I do think the White Sox are going to be a top five pick in the draft next year. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. Yeah, you got to get worse before you can get better. Even going back to like, hey, look at how the Phillies have started out this year, right? Right. 14 and 7 I believe coming out yep. of the gate first 21 games. That's a really nice start. Last year they lost more games than they did the year before. Yeah. They're growing pains and you just got to get through them and I mean the Sox best prospects are still working their way up through the minors. Right. And I you know I wasn't expecting a playoff run this year or anything. I think that's coming next year or the year after. Um but yeah, you, it's fun. I think it's going to be one of those fun years where we're going to see a number of guys come up, spend some time. Um, we get to learn, you know, Mancada a little bit more. And uh, he's looking nice lately. Yeah, he's been playing really well recently. Um, he was a single away from the cycle last night. Yeah, saw that. <laughs> and then uh, you know, Ronaldo Lopez has been pitching really well. He doesn't have a ton of wins just because of you know the lack of run support, but. Um, I, I like him as I don't know if he's an ace, um, but he could be a solid two or three guy in the in the lineup uh, rotation. So we'll see. I, I like I like all the young guys. It's just going to be a, a tough year or two here. So yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. sad situation going on too. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm you know definitely pray, praying for. Uh, I'm guessing you're talking about yeah. Gosh, what's the, how do you even say his last name? Farquhar. Farquhar. Far. Yeah. Um, I'm sure most people have heard uh, passed out the other day in the bullpen. Uh, what was it for again, Jack? What brain what aneurysm? It? That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So um, horrible. Yeah, definitely praying for him and his family and everything. Yep. All right. So, so on that somber note, let's go over to the Cubs. Sounds good. Um, all right. I, there's really only one thing I want to talk about, and then we'll wrap up this podcast. But I think you know what that is. Yes. <laughs> Go for it, Jack. Go, all right. All right. I want, <laughs> why don't you say it? Because so, I'm going to be talking a lot. I want to get you, give you a chance to talk now while you can. <laughs> I'll just say Albert Almora Jr. Yep. Take it away, yep. Jack. <laughs> all right. So... Ian Happ has been struggling in center field and in the leadoff spot for a while. It's no secret he struck out in about half of his at-bats. 
And I, I've been saying it for two years now. He's not a center fielder. I don't really know what was going on there. But it seemed that the team finally maybe reached a boiling point, and it's now Almora's time to shine and just get in there every day, which I think he should have. I think this should have happened much sooner, but I'm happy to see it happening now. So you do believe he's an everyday guy? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, so Evan, going back, I actually thought back when, so if we're going back to the 2015 team, Mm -hmm. so that was the year that Bryant and Addy and Schwarber, all those guys came up, right? Yes. Yeah. Bias came up at the end of the year, and I thought, I thought, okay, Elmore's going to come up in the middle of 2016, and that's going to be his turn to play every day, like all these other guys are getting that chance. Yeah. However, I was not expecting the Cubs to have Dexter Fowler still on the team and Jason Hayward on the team. So it was a crowded outfield situation, and you could only get him in. I mean, I could understand at the time, like, you aren't going to just, you're competing for a championship. Maybe you don't want a rookie playing center field every single day. That's fair. Right. But I thought going into last year with Fowler leaving the team and not having a center field on, center fielder on your roster until they added John Jay a little later in the postseason. Actually, it wasn't that late, but, I mean, I thought Elmore was really going to start to get some opportunity last year, and he didn't. Yeah, and now, he's, and now he seems to finally be getting them. Joe's put him in there, and I think it helped that it started – when they were on the road in Colorado, right? Um, maybe so. Maybe really, I I want to give a lot of credit to David Kaplan. Yeah. So he's the man. <laughs> yeah, for people who might not know, if you listen to this podcast outside of the mar- Chicago media market, David Kaplan over the past maybe five years has become somewhat of a Chicago media. Um, he's definitely been an icon for a while, but he's ascended to legendary status, I would say, <laughs> over the past couple of years, right? Yeah, I would agree, yeah. He's a big deal. So he has a, I mean, he's written in the Trib, I believe, for a while. Um, he just kind of does it whenever he wants to. He was on WGN for a while. He did radio. He had the show Cap and Haw. And then now he's on ESPN 1000. He has Cap and Company. And he's been doing the post-game show with the Cubs for a number of years now. I'm not exactly sure what year he started, but he's been on there for a while. And yeah, that man, that man works. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, you ask those that know him, and and they tell you he he works hard. He's up early in the morning, working out, getting his getting his uh you know getting his morning ready. Um, and then yeah, he's doing all kinds of shows and. <laughs> following all kinds of sports and he's uh, definitely a legend he's someone that if you want to get into journalism he's someone that people should look at because he does it all with such passion oh yeah he's got so much passion behind what he does anyway where he comes into the picture here is since last summer he's been advocating for Almora to get in there more um he was a little more subtle about it initially but given the way things were going, I think he did an amazing job as a, both a member of the press and a member of the post-game show. I mean, he wears a lot of hats. If mm-hmm. you are on the post-game show and you're the studio host, like you have to be careful about what you say about the team. 
Yeah. But because he has such a good relationship with all the players, with everyone, you know, who runs the team, he felt like he could comment. And he also has a show, Sports Talk Live, that he hosts. And about two, three weeks ago, he started saying, all right, enough is enough. You got to get Ian Happ out of center field in the leadoff spot. That's just not what he is. To Ian yeah, Happ's he was, credit. He was with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> to Ian Happ's credit, it's just not fair to him because it's not a role that he probably has ever been in before in his life. And now you're expecting him to outplay a guy like Almora who has the tools to be an elite elite defensive outfielder. So it's not fair to Hap to just make him, I mean, just say like, yeah, we're expecting you to do all this stuff. And I mean, I'm sure he was nervous because he knew that there was a guy who was better at playing the position than he was. And then he's only in his second year. So he was saying enough is enough. It's time you let Almora in there. And I think that ever since then, there's been a little more pressure on the Cubs to not allow this this situation to get out of hand, to not allow it become something where Schwarber is leading off, like because that experiment lasted much longer than it should have. <laughs> so the Cubs cut the cord on this much sooner, so it only lasted about three weeks or so, mm-hmm. and now I'm hoping that it's over because I think it. I mean, given what you've seen from Albert Almora Jr. I mean, even if he bats 200, he's so good defensively that he's going to help you so much um, as a defensive player. I mean, he had three. Did you see the catches he made on Sunday, Evan? Yes. Oh, my goodness. The one looked like Willie Mays. That was on Saturday. Okay. Okay. Sunday? No, I did not see them on Sunday then. Okay. Yeah. Well, he did make. They did kind of look like Willie Mays on Sunday, but he made. Three just amazing catches that the average center fielder, I'm not even talking about Hap, the league average center fielder makes maybe one of those catches. Does not make all three of those catches. Yeah. So he made three amazing catches that with runners on base in several of them, I'm not sure if they, in all of them, but at least two of them, they're runners in scoring position with two outs, and he saved a lot of runs. Yeah, when you get a guy like that, I mean, that's like you said, he he may only bat two hundred, um, but you can you can live with that if he's making defensive plays like that, you know. But Evan, here's the thing, he's batting three twenty seven. Yes, <laughs> I believe that is his average. Yeah, and in the games that he started, his OBP has been over four hundred. Man. So, Wow. So that looks like the easy answer to the, you know, two-year search of replacing Dexter Fowler. Yep. think they found their guy. I think so. And, look, I, I know a lot of people are going to want to say, man, what was Joe Madden thinking? I think I, I just want to take one step back. Before, before we assign blame to someone, managers make decisions based on what their bench coaches tell them. They'll also make decisions based on what the front office tells them. Yeah. We don't know what they, what kind of conversations are going on. What if Madden has been wanting to see Almora for a long time and you know, now he's finally getting to play. I don't know. I don't know what led into these decisions at the same time. I mean, the front office clearly likes Ian Happ clearly likes Kyle Schwarber 
They could have traded one of them to get a pitcher when they really needed a pitcher coming in the season instead of sign, but they signed you Darvish because they wanted to keep all those guys. Right. So they're clearly high on wanting these guys to share time. So I don't really think it's fair for us to assign blame to anyone. However, what I will say is that whoever was behind this decision uh, made a big error. Yeah. In playing happen, all them you're saying? By not letting Almora get a chance to oh, yeah. play every day. Yeah. And he, letting Hap play center field. I mean, putting him in that position, because it's not fair to Hap. No. I mean, just look at what people are saying to Hap on social media. It's brutal. Yeah. Well, he should have never any, been in that situation to begin with. It hurts any value, too, that you if, if they were trying to trade Hap or Schwarber and, and get them in the game more... It kind of hurts some of that value when you kind of when you when you put a guy in a situation that he's not best fit for. Yeah, I, I think Ian Happ's. I think Ian Happ's got a place in baseball. Um, oh, absolutely, for sure. But I just, yeah. I, it's not at center field. Not in center field, and I think yeah, it's just. I it seems like the the way we're going is that, and maybe this is just a kryptonite of the front office, it seems like maybe the Cubs are just going to be trading guys when they're not at their best value. Yeah. I mean, look at when they moved Starlin Castro. They basically just dumped him. Right. And Starlin Castro is a nice player. He's a good <laughs> yeah. hitter. Oh, yeah. It was just, just a salary dump. We just saw him the other day up in Miller Park. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Um I don't know. You, you would think they'd want to trade a guy at his peak and when he's coming off of a good year. Like you were saying, Schwar- they could have traded Schwarber a half last year. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll, maybe they'll get more time. They're able to build up um, some value, and then they can flip them at the deadline this year. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to get back because right. – they did spend a lot on you, Darvish, and that doesn't look great at the moment. However, it's too early to judge the decision. Um, you know, cut a little, cut him a little bit of slack there. Lastly, I mean, I'd just say great on David Kaplan, great on David DeJesus. After the, the yeah. post game, the last couple of games, they've been applauding Almora. They've been saying this guy needs to be in there every single day. Yeah, and I think the press. It's a job of the press to hold figures accountable at times that's a that's one of the responsibilities of the press yeah and cap's a cubs fan he's all you know he wears a lot of hats (laughs) i think he did a great job here yeah definitely yeah and i'm hoping that this is the direction that we stay in for a while that el mora doesn't have to earn his keep anymore no i i think yeah i think they found their guy I mean, he's been here the whole time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's just now that he's finally getting his shot. So I think if you want to look at real quickly, I would just say Elmore had a, maybe a season or two in the minors where I think he didn't play as well as they had hoped. Um, I think he developed maybe a little slower than they were expecting. He also was the only one of these. So there are four guys that they picked. He was the first pick that the front office had the new front office when they came in they had four um first overall or number first round picks okay yeah so almora um schwarber chris bryant and hap those were the four guys almora was the only one of those who came out of high school 
So the other guys didn't have to stay in the minors as long. And Almora had, you know, a rough year or two where his dad was diagnosed with cancer and he didn't play as well. He got hurt. And I'm wondering if maybe the front office just lost their excitement for him. But mm. so I, I don't exactly know how we got to this point. I'm just glad yeah. that <laughs> he's finally getting in there. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see smart decision making, and it seems like <laughs> they put <laughs> they put aside any anything like you were saying, whether it's front office or um, Joe Madden doing it, or you know whatever it may be. Maybe they just didn't think he was that great of a player. Now they've seen it. Um, you know, I, I think th- I'm, I'm glad to see they put that aside, and he's getting his time now. I don't know a ton about him. Um, I mean, is he is he a guy that's going to keep up this? this tear in terms of hitting we talked he's batting 327 right now is that his game i i don't know a ton about him well i i don't want to i don't know about the numbers what those are yeah. gonna look like he's absolutely shredded left-handed pitching he kills yeah. lefties um he's deadly and uh, last year there was a time where he was the best hitter the cubs had in the postseason i mean wow he, he was hitting yeah, very I, well no, i remember that you i remember you texting me about that yeah yeah so, I mean, the tools are all there. The everyone's always said he can't hit righties, but coming into this year, he's a, for his career, he's hitting 275 against righties, which is pretty dang good. It's good, yeah. I take that. I think I mean, I don't I'm not going to make a number prediction, but I think he's going to continue mm-hmm. this and I think you got to okay. ride with this lineup for right now. Yeah, that's I mean, and what are they? They they're 3 and 1 with him now inserted in. Uh, well, over the last four games, yeah. Over the last four, yeah, and so three and one. Prior to that, they had won the last four games. So, like, basically yeah. the last eight games that he started in, the Cubs are eight, or seven and one. Yeah, you got to stick with him. Yeah, and it, it affects everything, the leadoff position, the yep. defense. And I. lastly, I just want to say, if you're wondering what his ceiling is, I mean, I truly believe that he's a star in the making. I think, at the very least, he's a multi-gold glove guy. And wow. at his best, I mean, I'm not going to throw in the words Hall of Fame or anything like that, but multi-all-star. I think he's, I wow. think he's a star. I think he's a great. He's going to be a re- at the very least. He's a really, really good player to have on your team. Sweet. I'm going to look forward to him. Yeah, and look forward to watching him more. Yeah, and again, it's not about just home runs. I mean, you got to have right. some contact guys in there. He's a good contact hitter to have. So, yeah, especially at the top of the order, like you were saying, yeah. get guys that can get on base. His speed is a little underrated too. He's a good base runner. He's just got great instincts, and I mean, I think there are a lot of things that people like about Javi Baez in Albert Almora Jr. However, he may not have the same personality that <laughs> Javi Baez has. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm glad the Cubbies found their, their leadoff guy, it seems like now and their center fielder. So yep. that's awesome. I hope I hope I hope this keeps up. We'll see. But yeah. <laughs> Evan, um lastly, uh anything you want to promote on here? Twitter handle, blog. Yeah, yeah. So Twitter handle, um Evan underscore on underscore earth ninety six. Oh good handle. Um, good handle. <laughs> Yeah, someone came up with that for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Peter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my blog is uh, emyers116 
www.blogspot.com. Um, I know I keep saying it every time I'm on here. Big board is coming soon for Ooh. the NBA draft. Yes, that is coming soon. Um, just, yeah, working on getting that all prettied up and, and squared away. Um, but that is coming, so be on the lookout for that. There should be multiple installments, too, leading up to uh, June and the draft then. So, yeah, that that's me right there. So thanks so much again, Jack, for having me on this. I, I really appreciate it. Yep, thanks for coming by, Ev. It's been fun. Tons of fun, as always. Yep. All right, we'll see you soon. All right, take care. All right, so that's Evan Myers. Um, Once again, thankful for him to be joining me on the show. Lots of fun stuff here going on. Uh, Went a little longer there on baseball than I had expected, but it's just such a great time of year with all the baseball, the basketball, the hockey if you're big on football, you got the NFL draft. However, I'm not as big on that. So if you're looking for an NFL draft podcast, I'm sorry. I can't help you out here. But moving forward, I hope to have Evan on again soon, talk more about these playoffs. Sam is going to come back. Sam quiet for some NHL talk at some point. Also have a couple other guys who haven't been on before who I'm trying to get on soon um, just for this other stuff, NBA, NHL. Um, Evan and I might do something on the Kentucky Derby next week. Um, so lots of lots and lots of just great sports content out there. Just It's so much fun to have all these games going on at the same time. Being able to flip channels during a commercials, I know I'm, I'm very grateful for it, and it's been... It's been a lot of fun, so uh, definitely looking forward to sharing that information and content with you. Also, Jordan Morandini should be back sometime, too. So, yeah, we're going to keep bringing you some good, fun sports talk, and, yeah, that's what we're doing. So, lastly, if you would like to... Follow me on Twitter at Velvita7, V-E-L-L-V-I-T-A-7. Um, you will be kept up to date on all the latest podcasts. I sometimes post clips from the show on there, and it's a lot of sports talk, lots of sports thoughts. You can get in touch with the show that way. Tweet me your thoughts. Leave us a review on iTunes. Comment on um, our blog post for these or... Um, you know, write a review on iTunes, follow us on Podbean, Press On Sports, or subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes. That would be awesome. And yeah, thanks. Thanks again to everyone for listening. I, your support does not go unnoticed. It is uh, very greatly appreciated by me. And I'm just, I'm excited. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. So other than that, Now I'm done. Bring in the dancing lobsters. See you next time.